Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing magical lore. That's right, just like the Muggle Society, witches and wizards are confined to behaving within the framework of law and order. We saw a little bit of this in the films, like when Harry had a disciplinary hearing before the Wizengamot. In this instance, Harry performed underage magic, a Patronus charm, in order to ward off Dementors attacking him and his cousin Dudley. Disciplinary hearing of the 12th of August into offences committed under the decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery and the International Statute of Secrecy by Harry James Potter, resident at number 4 Privet Drive, Little Whinging, Surrey. Fortunately for Harry, Dumbledore stepped in and protected him, which resulted in Harry walking away with no charges. However, underage magic is just one law in a wizarding society that actually has a lot more laws than you may have thought. Today, we're going to be uncovering them, at least all of the ones we have information on. I should also add that I won't be conflating law in the sense of legislation with law in the sense of a set of principles or scientific axioms i.e. the law for underage magic is a piece of legislation prohibiting the use of underage magic and Gamp's law is a set of scientific principles. Let's dive in. International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy Starting with the biggest and arguably most important wizarding law, we have the International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy. This statute or wizarding law was implemented in 1692 in order to hide the existence of witches and wizards from muggles. Wizarding World, formerly Pottermore, had this to say. Wizarding society wasn't always so hidden, not systematically anyway. During the medieval period, wizards were persecuted brutally by muggles, who were afraid of magic but not very good at recognizing it. This caused many wizards to operate in self-imposed secrecy. Extremist wizards wanted war against muggles, but the wider community instead opted for secrecy an international law enforced by each country's Ministry of Magic, which was responsible for concealing societies, controlling magical beasts, beings, and spirits, and making sure wizards don't blow everyone's cover. The introduction of the law, however, was certainly not devoid of controversy. The International Statute of Wizarding Secrecy has been the source of a contentious debate in wizarding society, namely because people have asked whether wizards should be the ones living underground. This is one of the largest and most important wizarding laws, as it's responsible for the line separating muggle from magical. Breaches of this wizarding law are taken particularly seriously, perhaps more seriously than anything else, and punishments can be severe. Muggle Protection Act Segwaying from the last statute, which was predominantly created to save lives on both sides, we have the Muggle Protection Act, a law put in place that was designed to protect muggles from potentially harmful magical objects. This law was partially written by Arthur Weasley, head of the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office at the Ministry. 
The Muggle Protection Act was one of the reasons that the Ministry of Magic would, and had the power to, conduct raids, searching the homes of many purebloods, who hated muggles, for all kinds of dark objects. This law forced people like Lucius Malfoy to go to Borgen and Burke and sell off family items. Decree for Justifiable Confiscation Segwaying once again from the law mentioned above, we have the Decree for Justifiable Confiscation, which allowed the Ministry of Magic to confiscate any items that they suspected were illegal. The Ministry was then allowed to keep the possessions for investigation for a period of 31 days. Rufus Scrimger leveraged this law in order to investigate the items left to the trio by Dumbledore, including the Sword of Gryffindor. Registry of Proscribed Charmable Objects Once again in the realm of magical objects and artifacts, we have the Registry of Proscribed Charmable Objects, which dictates what objects are and are not able to be used in a magical way. Essentially, it's a list of all of the items that wizards and witches are legally forbidden to modify with magic. Ban on Experimental Breeding Next up, we have the Ban on Experimental Breeding, a law that I'm sure Magizoologist Newt Scamander will be aware of, because he introduced it. This law forbade the creation of new, dangerous magical creatures in Britain and was passed in 1965. This law left the creation of new breeds to the confines of the Department for the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures, who conducted these experiments under a watchful, and more importantly, regulated eye. Newt regarded the implementation of this law as his single greatest achievement. A great example of this law being breached was when Harry and Arthur Weasley encountered a Ministry employee with a cardboard box containing a fire-breathing chicken. I can't imagine that this creature was not the product of experimental breeding. Werewolf Code of Conduct and Registry The Werewolf Code of Conduct refers to an unsuccessful legislative framework that asked werewolves to register themselves with their respective wizarding government and adhere to a particular set of instructions every month. A Werewolf Code of Conduct was developed in 1637, which werewolves were supposed to sign, promising not to attack anyone, but to lock themselves up securely every month. Unsurprisingly, nobody signed the code, as nobody was prepared to walk into the ministry and admit to being a werewolf, a problem from which the later Werewolf Registry also suffered. For years, this Werewolf Registry, on which every werewolf was supposed to enter their name and personal details, has remained incomplete and unreliable, because so many of the newly bitten sought to conceal their condition and escape the inevitable shame and exile. Animagus Registry An animagus refers to a witch or wizard who is able to transform into an animal form at will. This is an exceptional ability achieved by very few, but with the knowledge of this unique ability comes the responsibility of registering your animagus status with the Ministry of Magic. This registration includes revealing one's animal form and one's distinguishing markings. The primary reason for registration is to ensure the animagi do not abuse their abilities, as the Ministry is able to keep track of them. Code of Wand Use The Code of Wand Use is exactly what it sounds like, a wizarding law that regulated the use of wands. Its precursor was the Wand Ban of 1631. The law is anything but progressive, and outlines that no non-human creature is permitted to carry or use a wand. This law excluded other magical beings like goblins and elves from being able to carry wands, something which the goblins vehemently fought against. 
This law is particularly unjust, as there is no reason for goblins, a cornerstone of wizarding society, to be denied the right to use a wand. Decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery This law, introduced in 1875, forbade the use of underage magic outside of school. Underage refers to witches and wizards under the age of 17, upon whom the wizarding trace is still in effect. This law, enforced by the improper use of magic office, was the one that Harry went to trial for breaching. The only silver lining to this law was that warnings were issued in advance of action being taken. However, subsequent offences were met with serious consequences such as expulsion from Hogwarts and their wands being snapped. Under Clause 7, in the event that a student could prove they were in a life or death situation, a pardon could be made. It's also worth mentioning that very young witches and wizards were exempt from this rule, as they had almost no control of the magic that they produced. An example of this was when Harry inadvertently made the glass in the reptile house disappear. International Ban on Dueling The information on this document, the International Ban on Dueling, is a little unclear. From these sources available to me, it's unclear if this document refers to the sport variety of dueling or the higher stakes, more lethal variety of dueling. It's also unclear whether or not this document actually has passed, and if so, what year it passed, likely either 1994 or 1995. Reportedly, in 1994 or 1995, the British Ministry tried to get countries across the world to agree on this international ban on dueling. Percy Weasley was working hard to get the Transylvanians on board. Rappaport's Law Rappaport's Law was a law introduced in 1790 by Emily Rappaport, the 15th president of MACUSA, the Magical Congress for the United States of America. The law was put in place to further segregate nomadge, muggle communities, and muggle ones. If you thought the international statute of secrecy was bad, Rappaport's Law will shock you. Under this law, witches and wizards were entirely prohibited from marrying and even befriending nomadges. This is the law that prohibited Jacob from marrying Queenie in Fantastic Beasts. Only surface-level interactions pertaining to everyday activities were allowed under this law. Fortunately, this law was repealed in 1965. Guidelines for the Treatment of Non-Wizard Part-Humans The guidelines for the treatment of non-wizard part-humans were a set of rules and regulations, published at an unknown date, governing the treatment of magical beings who couldn't quite be considered human. This included creatures, beings like vampires and hags. The function of this piece of legislation was to prevent further discrimination and prejudice against these part-humans, who were often cast away, stigmatized by the rest of wizarding society. Wizengamot's Charter of Rights the Wizengamot Charter of Rights was a list of rights pertaining to the Wizengamot, Britain's High Court of Law and Parliament. The Charter of Rights referred to the rights of the accused, the interrogator, and the Wizengamot as a whole. One such right was that the accused has the right to present witnesses for his or her case. This right is what helped Harry during his trial. Unforgivable Curses Using one of the unforgivable curses, Avada Kedavra, the Killing Curse, Crucio, the Torture Curse, or Imperio, the Imperious Curse, would likely result in a life sentence to Azkaban Prison. This law was occasionally lifted, like during the First Wizarding War, when auras were permitted to use the curses to capture dark wizards 
who are still on the loose. Veritaserum Veritaserum is a powerful truth serum that forces the drinker to answer any questions put to them truthfully. The use of this potion is strictly controlled by the British Ministry of Magic, and even if you are able to produce it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are able to use it, at least legally. Conjuration Conjuration is an advanced form of transfiguration where witches and wizards produced objects from thin air. There is wizarding legislation in place surrounding the limitations of this form of magic, effectively outlining what can and cannot be conjured. Apparition Apparition, which is effectively the ability to teleport, was a wizarding skill subject to legislation from the Ministry of Magic. In order to be able to apparate freely, one would have to acquire an apparition license. In order to obtain said license, one would have to get it from the Department of Magical Transportation. Krups Krups are a wizarding breed of dog resembling a Jack Russell Terrier. The main difference between mundane Jack Russell Terriers and Krups is that Krups have a forked tail. Wizarding lore states that one must clip the distinctive forked tail of a Krump in order to hide it from Muggle notice. Residents All witches and wizards of school age or older are tracked on register which lists their place of residence. It's unclear if witches and wizards are legally bound to report their current place of residence to the ministry. And that's it for this video. Hopefully that should cover every listed wizarding law from the series. I'd be willing to bet there are also many other laws that simply didn't make it into the story. If I missed any, please leave a comment down below. Also, if you enjoy the content, please be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.